Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Christ Pacific Church. Welcome to worship today. It is great to see you. Uh, We are gathered today to worship the living God. That's what we are up to today. We're going to worship him with our hearts, with our minds, with our souls, and um, by golly, maybe even with our bodies if we, you know, maybe going to raise a hand or stand up or something crazy like that. Uh, Today is not a typical Sunday because today, in addition to our worship service, we are also hosting our annual congregational meeting. And so we're doing that all together. So welcome to worship and our annual congregational meeting. Uh, It's really good to have you here. My name is Peter. Uh, I'm the lead pastor, and I'm up here uh, with Jericho. Uh, who is uh, who is also a pastor here on uh, on staff? I thought you were going to say something. Hello, um, good morning. Uh, you may know uh, that Karen Reynolds is our clerk of session, and um, so she'll be our clerk today. And it's her job to determine whether or not we have enough people here to conduct formal business. So, Karen, do we have a quorum? Well, great. Then we can um, continue on. Should I do something different with my mic? Um, I will, I'll just keep talking. And uh, I'll just keep talking. And then if you want me to do something different, I will, uh, I'll do something different. Uh, Fantastic. So, um, Welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm going to kill some time uh, while, we, uh, while we figure this out. Um, hey, if you've never been to Christ Pacific Church before, this is a great Sunday to be here. Um, normally, our services are at 9 and 1030. Uh, so some folks may be coming in in about 20 minutes. Uh, they'll be here for the 1030 service. And uh, we are just really glad that you um, are here. So Jericho's going to open us uh, this morning. Good morning, friends. This morning, um, there's a song playing in my head. And I was like, Lord, I think you want me to say this. And it goes like this. It says, you were, you are, you've always been enough. And so I can't shake this. And I was like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to call our community to? And the word that keeps coming up is faithful. And let me declare this before you guys. God, you were faithful. You are faithful. You've been faithful, and you will always be enough. All right? And this is what um, the people of God did. They would read from the Psalms, and it's a worship song, to kind of orient their heart. And let me read to you guys Psalm 150 so that we could get our hearts ready for the Lord today. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. 
Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his powerful acts. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I think today we might be tempted to say, Lord, these are the, all the cool things we've done this year. But is that, our, that, is that our instruction? Our instruction is, God, we thank you for what you've done in our lives this past year. God, we thank you for your faithfulness in our ministry. God, we thank you for caring for us. All right, so as we remember and celebrate this year, may we not be tempted to say we did a good job this year. But may we be tempted and say, praise God. God for all that you've done for us. Would you stand up and pray with me as we sing our songs today? Father God, we praise you with all of our lives. Thank you for this past year, God. We want to recognize where you were working in our midst, and we want for you to be the focus, not our efforts and not the things we've done, but what you are doing and what you continue to do in our lives. We want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the good and the bad. God, we thank you for your blessings and times where we've had to lean in you for faith. God, would you orient our hearts according to your word? God, would you call us to a higher understanding that you are faithful? You were, you are, and you've always been enough for us. God, would you now be with your people? We thank you in Jesus' name. Would you worship with us this morning? Welcome. My name is Robin, and I am the early childhood coordinator here at Christ Pacific. Um, I'm also the MOPS coordinator, um, so I just wanted to um, share a story with you this morning. Um, I was talking to Peter, and he said he wanted a few people to come up and talk about how God moved in their ministry this year. And I didn't want to. <laughs> um, but he encouraged me to come up, um, and he even helped uh, remind me of a story that I could share. Um, so here I am. <laughs> um, so um, this year in MOPS, we are blessed to have uh, 45 women um, who are in our ministry. Uh, What's mops? Oh, mops. <laughs> yes, yes. We all get a mop and we just. <laughs> so mops is our program here that is called Mothers of Preschoolers. Um, but we also have Moms Next um, because uh, I feel that all moms should be in community together. Um, so for uh, mops and mops next, uh, we welcome moms um, with children age zero all the way up to 18. And then once your kid leaves the nest, then you can become a mentor mom. So you never leave. <laughs> so um, we meet every two weeks, um, and we normally um, have a lesson that we learn or a speaker um, that comes, um, and then we spend time discussing it, and then we just spend time, you know, together, uh, doing motherhood together. And so a few weeks ago, we had um, a meeting set up. We were going to do our video called Beloved, um, which was about finding out 
where you belong. And I have to say, it had been week two of a throw up in my house. <laughs> and uh, I was the latest victim. <laughs> and I had not been feeling good. And I normally spend a good amount of time planning out what we're going to do at MOPS. What activities are we going to do? What am I going to say? What prayer? All of that. And I did not have it in me. And uh, then on the day of our meeting, um, I had the worst migraine I've had in years. And I remember not even being sure if I was going to be able to get out of bed, let alone get to mops. And um, I just got dressed, and I got over here. And on the way here, I was sobbing in my car and praying and begging God to help me because I had nothing planned. I had the video, and that was it. And um, I remember in the car, kind of started to have an argument with God <laughs> because he said, I want you to do the sister activity. And I was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. And he's like, no, no, I, I, I want you to do the sister activity. Now, this is an activity that a lot of MOPS groups do and um, I had wanted to do for the past four years, but I was really nervous about it because I felt like it might not go the way that I had hoped it would. Um, but I decided to do it. I listened to God, and we did the stand-up for my sister activity. And in that activity, you hand out a sheet of paper to every woman, and um, they are supposed to check yes to the things that they have experienced in their life. And these are, these are big things, like um, are you or have you ever been in an abusive relationship? Um, have you experienced or are you experiencing depression? Have you ever looked in the mirror and hated what you saw? And you just go down the list. And every woman checked off yes to the ones that they had experienced. They didn't put their name on the paper. And then I collected them all. And then I passed them out. So you now have somebody else's. And then I said, okay, now I'm going to read them off. And if your sister, the person who had the paper to begin with, checked yes, please stand up. And I started listing off all of the different experiences. And each time, a group of women would stand up. Not once was there only one person standing up. And I know that halfway through the list, I couldn't make it through the list anymore because of my sobbing. And as I look out, you see people wiping tears. And you see how much this is emotionally um, hitting everybody. And, um, and, and by the end... I didn't even know what to say. And so I'm like, God, just tell me what to say. And I just said three words. No, four. Sorry. <laughs> Had to count. <laughs> you are not alone. And that was all they needed to hear. And the next morning, I, I got a bunch of phone calls and texts. Um, one of them was from my friend Melissa, who said, Robin, you planned such a beautiful night. You have no idea how much that impacted me. To which I responded, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was all God. So that was how God moved in my ministry this year. I'm going to use this microphone as well. If you came in a little bit late, um, then you know um, we're having a flashing light and high-pitched tone experience here this morning. We're trying to work on that, so do not be alarmed. Just enjoy the light show. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's something different. 
uh, every week. Uh, last Palm Sunday, which was in the beginning of April, we had the privilege of being witnesses to God's amazing work in four people's lives. And I don't know if you were here or remember that. It was so long ago, last April. Uh, but we had the privilege of celebrating that God had rescued and redeemed these four individuals, that these four folks had been called into relationship with Jesus Christ as we baptized them here in the worship hall. And I remember uh, one, I'll, I'll speak to one particular individual uh, who's not here uh, this morning, but I know he'd be cool with this. Uh, so you know this individual, you see him most Sundays. And uh, when he first showed up here, he was 19 years old. He had just graduated from high school. He was very shy, very shy. Um, and uh, he was here with his mom and his mom actually introduced him to me and mentioned something about singing, that my son enjoys to sing. And uh, that's when I met Ben Tran, uh, the young man who leads worship with us, uh, with Ben, um, and his mom, Knock On. And that was about three years ago, I think. Maybe it was four years ago uh, now. And you have actually seen Ben grow and grow and grow uh, these last several years. Uh, but Ben was lost. And when he came here, he got found. Like, he didn't find Jesus. Jesus found him. And we have worked with Ben and discipled Ben. And Britt has done a ton of work with that. And we have just been privileged to watch Ben grow in his relationship with Jesus. And that, uh, that journey, really, the, the, a marker in that journey was his baptism here last, uh, last April. And both Ben and his mom, who neither of them had been baptized, uh, were dunked in the waters of baptism as they said yes to following Jesus, as they said yes to the death of their old selves, and as they said yes to the new life that Jesus was giving them. We also baptized Candace and her son Jackson that day as well. Candace, who had been a part of the Mormon uh, movement and never knew Jesus personally, never knew about grace, never knew the gospel until she got involved in the ministries here at Christ Pacific and so said yes to the gospel, yes to grace, and yes to Jesus as we um, dunked her in the waters of baptism here. And I just want to remind you of because I can't hardly imagine something more significant than to choose to be baptized, to choose to say yes to the one who has said yes to us. And it's ministries like that that we are about. This is how we're cultivating a vibrant community of faith and hope and love. You heard a story, just one of the many, many stories that I'm sure Robin could tell about, um, about mops here tonight. And those baptisms were... Uh, the fruit, or really like the, the beginnings of a lifetime journey with Jesus, of cultivating a vibrant community of faith and hope and love that follows Jesus into the world. Um, we know that a picture can say a thousand words, and so rather than saying another thousand words, uh, we're going to let some pictures speak for themselves. Uh, on the screens, you'll see a bit of a pictorial review of some of the things that God has been up to at Christ Pacific this last year. Stand with me if you're able, and we're going to give 
God thanks for the many things that he has done here this year. Pray with me, would you? A gracious and living God, we thank you for the ways in which you have been work at work in and through the ministries and life of Christ Pacific Church. We know that your mission, that your activity, that your purposes are so much bigger than us. And we know that you choose to use this place and these ministries and these people, us, to accomplish your purposes, to do your will, to celebrate your goodness. And so we want to thank you for the privilege of participating with you. We want to thank you for the ways in which you have been touching lives of those from age zero to, I don't know who the oldest person here we've been ministering with, and to 95, 96. I don't know, raise your hand if you're the oldest. I'm just kidding. God, we know that you care so deeply for us. And we also know that you care so deeply for those who don't yet know you. And so we thank you for the ways in which you have fueled mission and ministry here. Ways in which your Holy Spirit has empowered us to make your name known. To be a patient and peaceful presence with those who struggle with anxiety. To be the voice of freedom for those who struggle with hang-ups and hurts and habits. To be the voice of direction for those who feel lost. We thank you for the privilege of embodying the good news through acts of service, through a warm meal, through a well, through a, a prayer that just hits home. So Jesus, we thank you that you are good, that you are faithful, and that you choose to use us according to your will for the sake of making your name known. We count it a privilege, and we give thanks to you, God, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's keep worshiping. For this next little bit this morning, we are going to talk about um, how we discern spiritual leadership here at Christ Pacific. And one of our items of business to accomplish today is to elect a nominating committee. So let me just give you a little background on that. So we are led, governed by elders. Um, little, um, little insider knowledge here. You ready for this? Um, we're a Presbyterian church. <laughs> and um, the Greek word presbyteros, isn't that lovely? Presbyteros is the Greek word for elder. So part of what it means to be a Presbyterian church is to be led by, governed by elders. And we are. And so as a congregation, every year we elect a nominating committee. And that nominating committee spends a season of prayerful discernment asking God, God, who among us would you have called as elders and also deacons. I'll talk about deacons in a minute. And so today we are going to elect that nominating committee, which are the folks that you are choosing by God's will to discern the next round of spiritual leadership here at Christ Pacific. And we take this really seriously, spiritual leadership. That is, and I want to read to you a couple of passages from the scriptures. So listen to this. This is from 1 Peter chapter 5, the first couple verses. Uh, and this addresses the role of elders. 
Now, as an elder myself, says the Apostle Peter, now as an elder myself and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory to be revealed, I exhort the elders among you to tend to the flock of God that is in your care, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do it, not for sordid gain, but eagerly, and do not lord it over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will win the crown of glory that never fades away. A couple of words stand out to me there. Be examples to the flock. In other words, live a life worthy of imitating, which is not the same thing as living a perfect life. But it means at least this. When you know you have done wrong, seek forgiveness, repent of your sin, and lead an example as an example in that way. So our elders are not perfect people, as most of you know, uh, but they are called to lead a life that is exemplary. And then to do this joyfully and willingly and not to lord it over the people, you know, like a bad boss or something like that. Uh, but rather to be a source of encouragement and a source um, of godly direction. So those are the kinds of folks that the nominating committee is going to be looking for for the office of elder. Now, we also have deacons here at Christ Pacific, and I want to read to you a passage from Acts chapter 6, and this is where the ministry of deacons comes from. So this is Acts uh, chapter 6. This is more of a story. Uh, now, during those days, this was in the early church, when the disciples were increasing in number, um, the Greeks were complaining against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. In other words, there were needy people among them, these widows, and they were being neglected. They were being overlooked. And so the 12 disciples, the 12 called together the whole community of disciples and said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables, in order to serve in this way. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word what they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, who also happened to be the first martyr. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with six other men. I won't read their names. A couple words to me stand out here. One is they chose Stephen, who was a man full of the Spirit and full of faith. So when we look for deacons, we're asking God, God, who are the folks who have servant hearts, who are full of faith and who are full of the Holy Spirit? Our board of deacons is a group of people who selflessly and humbly serve in practical ways, especially around areas of need. And it comes from this passage in Acts chapter 6, where those in that community who were in particular need, and that was the widows, they were in need of being cared for and looked after. And so the church committed to caring for those in need. And so that's what our deacons do. 
uh, as well here with us. And so in order for us to uh, elect a nominating committee, I would like to invite Mary Strain to come up. And Mary is one of our elders. And she is chairing our nominating committee, and she's going to uh, thank last year's committee and introduce you to this year's committee. So welcome, Mary, would you? Good morning. Um, I want to thank last year's nominating committee. Um, it was a privilege to serve with them. I would first like to uh, acknowledge Karen Reynolds, who served as our chair. She mentored me as vice chair. And because I don't have a perfect memory, I would also like to ask Gail Smith to stand up, who is our deacon rep. Thank you, Gail. And also, I would like uh, to acknowledge Shelly Keltner, who's very involved with our youth at Edison. And then I would like to um, honor Stan Hetrick, who I don't know if he's here. Oh, oh, my God, he's here. Thank you for coming over from Catalina. And I would also like to thank Tom Harrison. Are you here? Stand up. Okay, we'll talk later. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, Brian McHale and Bob Griffin. Okay, some of these people are really shy, but thank you. Uh, they have blessed me and blessed the work of the church in discerning last year's nominees. Now, for this year's nominees, um, I will be humbly serving as your chair. My co-chair will be Kathy Kalka. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. Come on up. Um, and again, by popular demand, Gail Smith. Come on up. And once again, Shelly Keltner, by popular demand. And um, I would also like to ask for um, my personal uh, mentor, Joyce Trestick, to come up. Thank you. And also Dickie Yee. And Pete DeSalvo. And last but not least, someone who can't be here in the flesh, but is very much with us, Dave Salazar, who is recovering from COVID. So here is your nominating committee. So I've asked uh, Pastor Jericho to come and uh, actually anoint these uh, nominees for, well, actually, you know what? We should probably vote first. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, we should do that. So, um, so before you are the nominees for the nominating committee, that's a lot of nominations. I know it's, it's our favorite word here, nominees. Uh, but this is a committee of the congregation, which means uh, you need to vote for these folks. And they've been put before you by last year's nominating committee. And so we just need to vote for these folks. So um, here's the deal. If you're a covenant partner, if you're a member here, that means you get to vote. This is usually not very controversial, so it should be pretty straightforward. Um, but um, since it comes from a committee, we don't need a second or anything like that. Um, or a motion. So 
Uh, all of you in favor of this slate of nominees for the nominating committee, would you um, acknowledge that by saying yes? Yes. All of you opposed, would you acknowledge that by saying no? Okay, so not surprisingly, this uh, slate of nominees uh, have been elected to serve as your, yeah. And uh, we take this role really seriously because they have been given the task of discerning God's desire for us, uh, uh, God's voice with regard to spiritual leadership here. And so I've asked Pastor Jericho uh, to come and to anoint as a symbol of the filling of the Holy Spirit to come and anoint each of these uh, as we pray. So would you join me in praying for these nominees this morning? But gracious and living God, we thank you for these willing souls and willing hearts, willing minds, willing bodies to serve in this capacity. And we do pray, God, that just as this oil is symbolically uh, placed on these individuals, as they're anointed with this oil, that you, by your spirit, would anoint them, that you would fill them, and that you would open their ears that they might hear your voice as clearly as we can hear the ringing this morning. <laughs> So God, I pray that you would be um, at work in Mary's life and in Kathy's life and with Gail and with Shelly and with Joyce and with Dickie and with Pete and with Dave as well. That together you might make it clear to them whom you are calling to serve as elders and deacons in this next season of ministry at Christ Pacific. Jesus, we're going to follow you. We trust that you'll lead. For we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Um, in line with that, um, you all can have a seat, uh, except for Pete, don't go away. Uh, in, in the spirit of praying for our leaders, if you are an elder or a deacon currently serving, um, would you come forward? We, we want to pray for you. So if you um, are an elder or a deacon, oh, wait, sorry, uh, Kathy, come back up. Gail, come, yeah, have you come, up. come back up and um, maybe, you know, get up on the stage if you can or would like to. So these are the folks whom you have called to lead as elders and deacons in this last season, and many of them will continue to serve. Uh, these, are, these are our spiritual leaders our spiritual servants, would you commit to pray for them on a regular basis? As many of you know, it's difficult to lead. It's difficult to, uh, to listen to God's voice well. And so would you pray for them, uh, for them personally, and then also for the sake of our congregation, that they might lead and serve well? Um, and I've been uh, asked Pete uh, DeSalvo in the back here, who has been an elder in the past, although isn't currently uh, to pray for all of these folks. Thank you, Peter. Uh, would you please join me in prayer and bow your heads? Heavenly Father, please dwell amongst us here at CPC and with those attending online. Thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you for your word that instructs us on how to live better lives. Father God, we thank you for each elder and deacon gathered here this morning who are serving this congregation and beyond 
to those who so desperately need your gospel. Please bless each elder that you may give them discernment, energy, and a spirit of unity in fulfilling their duties. Please anoint each deacon that you may give them loving hearts to care for those in need. God, we also ask for the indwelling of your spirit with each family member of those serving. Finally, we ask that you encourage each elder, deacon, staff member, and clergy to fully and passionately love and worship you, rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, and giving thanks in all circumstances. Thanks be to God. This next portion of this, this morning, what we want to do is just reflect a little bit on our values. And um, I don't know if you have heard this uh, saying, but I think it's pretty true. Um, show me your budget and I will show you what you care about. Right? Um, well, we used to say, uh, show me your checkbook register. Who does that anymore, by the way? Do people still do it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Show me your checkbook, and I will show you your values. And um, that's also true of us as a congregation. Um, how we spend the resources that God has given us is a reflection of our values, what is important to us. We, uh, we invest in what we care about. And um, just like our individual tithing habits, our individual tithing practices reflect our personal values, so also as a church, the way that we invest in ministry represents and reflects our congregation's values. And so the question that I would like for us to ask is, what do I value? And what do we as a congregation value? We have put together a budget for 2023 because we believe it reflects our values. And in order to um, review our finances from last year and talk about our budget in this coming year, I'd like to invite um, Jeff Holcomb forward. He's an elder and sits on our budget committee. So welcome, Jeff. Good morning, congregation. So um, as Peter said, I'll be talking a little bit about 2022 and then about four and about 2023 we have planned. So just for 2022, you know, um, we, it was a challenging year. We, uh, we were experiencing some monthly shortfalls for most of the year and it, it was worrisome. But I think as you know, as we should be reminded to always have faith in God because he will provide mm -hmm. and he did. Mm -hmm. and there were two things I want to highlight there. First, we received a, um, what's called a earned or employee retention credit. This is because we kept people employed during COVID. Uh, we, we received $124,000 in 2022. Helped us push us closer to the black. But probably more importantly was probably the response from the congregation in December. Uh, we had just a, a win, huge windfall in December and of your generosity. You know, the gifts that God provided to you, you've turned around and given back to the church and we were able to push the, the income just to ride over our budget, just so we balanced out, you know, we couldn't get any closer. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, just, just praise to God and, and thank you to him 
for all that he's given us and for, for your generosity in making that happen for 2022. The second thing which we'd love to celebrate too is uh, 2022 was the end of the campus renewal campaign. It was three years in the making. And uh, many of you have given uh, monthly one-time gifts. And o over the three years we have, um, we raised more than $222,000. Uh, Earlier, you may have, you know, if you've been here a while, you've noticed our coffee bar was, was the first phase of that, and that was already paid for, and that's done. But now we have over $222,000 ready for us to invest back into the church, to, to reflect our values, to make our ministries work, to, to do the work here that God has asked us to do in spreading the word and, and going out into the world and, bring, and bringing his name to the community. So we'll do that through those gifts here, at, you know, on the campus. So that's 2022. Now 2023, you know, we had to, um, you know, we had to figure out where we're at and where we're going, and, and what's important. Kind of what you talked about in terms of, you know, what we value and what do we value for next year. So uh, I have, you know, a few categories we can talk about. You know, the overall, it's it's a four percent reduction in our budget from last year. So that's the headline, and all these details are in the annual report if you want to get into the actual numbers. Uh, the, the first category is staff. So our staff will be a uh, 653000 which is a reduction from last year. Uh, this includes the salaries and benefits and tax associated with that, you know, to employ the people here that, you know, work at the church. Uh, this next category will be the programs and ministries, you know, your adult life ministry, your children's ministry, all, all the activities that, that occur that are funded by you. Uh, that is going to be a, a kept the same with a slight increase in outreach as we kind of follow our mission to go out into the community and, uh, and uh, spread the word. Next, probably, is admin, 63,000 for that. That is, um, you know, all the things that kind of go to run, running the church business. Uh, so not much there that's exciting. Uh, facilities, a little more. Uh, 135,000 in, in facilities. We're raising at $15,000. Now, these are the things to maintain the building and grounds, you know, HVAC, electrical. Uh, last year, we, we saw as the building ages, it's, it's taking more to keep it uh, keep it functional. So that's why we're raising uh, the facilities budget there. And then the mortgage, which um, is actually some other piece of good news. So um, after 30 years, we have $54,000 left. <laughs> if we keep on paying what we pay, roughly five grand a month, um, December will be our last payment and we can celebrate. <laughs> And just as, uh, as we all tithe and give our offerings, the, the church does too on, on our behalf and to ministries. So we support uh, 18 mission partners, and 10% of that, or $92,000, uh, is, is given to them so they can do the, uh, the work of God out in the world. Fantastic. Thanks, Jeff. So um, we're actually going to have a Q&A uh, after the service. So uh, if you have detailed questions or not detailed questions, um, come on up and uh, tea who's our business administrator, and Jeff, and uh, some others, myself, will be up here. Happy to answer uh, any questions you have, and if we don't have the answers, we'll get them and get back to you. Um, so the budget for 2023 is in the annual report, which I hope that you all have 
received. And um, that is a budget that is approved by our session, by our board of elders that you have elected. Um, and as a vote of confidence, we um, invite you to vote to endorse the 2023 budget. It's your way of saying, um, yeah, I will get on board with that. And so uh, we're gonna do that right now. Again, that budget comes from a committee of the congregation, which is your session, so it doesn't uh, need a motion or a second. Um, and so I'm just gonna call for this vote. So if you uh, would like to vote to endorse the 2023 budget, would you do so by saying yes? yes? And if you would like to not endorse the 2023 budget, would you do so by saying no? And I hear a resounding yes uh, behind that. So again, our budget should, and I believe does, reflect our values. What do we value as a community and as uh, individuals? Um, so Jeff, thank you so much for um, presenting that, and I think you have a bit more. We are about to collect the offering, and I just wanted to pray for our offering. Heavenly Father, thank you that you can satisfy our every need. Your word says that we should give honor to you with, our, with the first fruits of our wealth. Please accept our tithes and offerings as a gift of worship to you. Multiply what we give for the effective growth of your kingdom. Help us to give freely, sacrificially, and cheerfully toward the work of your kingdom. May you cause the seeds that we sow to grow into well-watered, fruitful trees of life. And that with this act of worship, may we be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Friends, you can have a seat again. We're getting close. We're almost there. We're almost done. So this... Um, this is when I get to come uh, before you and do my best to be better than the cup of coffee you're all craving out on uh, the patio up there. Uh, but we are almost done. But before we get there, I'm going to invite you to read with me from Mark's gospel. So uh, I'm going to read from Mark chapter 6, verses 7 to 13. And um, that's going to be on the screen in front of you. And uh, I'm going to read from the screen because I have the wrong version of the Bible with me. So, um, so Chris, you've got to help me out because I'm totally dependent on the screen here, right? So uh, this is Mark chapter 6. Listen to God's word for us today. This is Jesus. Uh, calling the 12 to him, Jesus, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick, sick people with oil and healed them. This is God's word for us this morning. Uh, I just have a few things to point out to us this morning from God's word, and I want you to remember these three words. You can write them down if you want. You can probably remember them. There's only three. Center. Center community, and mission. 
There's going to be a quiz on this later. You got it? Center, community, and mission. Uh, the 12 disciples are with Jesus in this text. They've been with Jesus. Jesus had called them to follow him, and they did. They had left their former commitments, and they committed to be a part of this little community, this band of believers following Jesus above all else. And they'd been a part of this Christ-centered community. It was 12 disciples plus Jesus. That's a baker's dozen. There's 13 of them. And they've been molded and nourished by Jesus and by one another. And why did Jesus call them to follow him into this baker's dozen of a community? Well, to make them fishers of people. To join Jesus in declaring and demonstrating the good news of Jesus' birth and death and resurrection and reign. And to do that in a world that is uh, otherwise marked often by darkness. So Jesus called them into this spiritual community with himself, not to get them out of the world, but actually to send them back into the world in order to make Jesus' name known. Verse 7, he called the twelve and began to send them out. He sent them out. So Jesus sends them out from their Christ-centered baker's dozen of a community. That's number one. Jesus sends them out from their community. Number two, how does Jesus send them out from their community? He sends them out in community. Verse 7 again, he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. Jesus doesn't send them out alone, but he sends them out together in community. A number of years ago when Krista and I were... Were we still dating or were we married at that point? I can't remember, uh, but we were in Berkeley and we were leading a ministry uh, that worked with and served people who were without a home, people who were living on the streets. And we would do this on Friday nights together with a number of other people. And one Friday, for some reason, I can't remember, maybe Krista was sick or something, I was gonna go by myself. I was like, well, I feel fine. I'm just gonna go and serve these folks that we had gotten to know and uh, do that alone. And Jesus, or Krista, there's a difference. Sometimes it's hard to tell. <laughs> Krista, in her wisdom, said, you, no, you really shouldn't do that. You, this ministry really is supposed to be done together in community. Like you should actually not go and do that ministry alone. Not so much that it was dangerous, but that you should be doing that in community. And so she talked me out of serving the needy that night. Uh, but the point is, Jesus sends his disciples out in community, in, uh, by twos. And so also we are called into mission, into ministry together. Because a life with Jesus is always a life with others. It's always a life lived with and expressed with other people. And the, the New Testament could not be more clear about this. Sometimes this is lost in translation, right? Because we read the New Testament, especially Paul's letters, and we come across that wonderful three-letter word, you. And it's all over the New Testament, you. And it's like, it's like God is speaking directly to me. 
Every time we see that word you, we think that God means, or the Apostle Paul in his letters, means to be speaking just to me. And he is speaking to me, but not just me. Because almost every time that three-letter word you is used in the New Testament, it's a plural you. It's a second-person plural pronoun. We don't have a second-person plural pronoun unless you live in the South, and it's y'all. Right? So almost every time in the New Testament, when you come across the word you, just substitute y'all. Because this is who the living God is speaking to. He's addressing the community because following Jesus is always following Jesus together, together. Your relationship with Jesus is deeply personal. But it was never meant to be private. Do you see the difference? It's deeply personal but it was never meant to be private but rather a deeply personal commitment to Jesus that is experienced together in community so following Jesus is a team sport and this is why Jesus sends them out two by two he sends them out in community so he sends them from their Christ-centered community of that baker's dozen and he sends them out in community that was number two, in community. Number three, Jesus sends them out into other communities. So Jesus sends them out from their community in the context of community into other communities. Jesus sends them into other communities who have not yet discovered how unbelievably awesome Jesus is. They have not yet learned or heard the good news of Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and reign as king. And so Jesus sends them out to declare and to demonstrate his good news, that he is alive, that he is reigning as king, and that in his kingdom people are made whole. Verse 7, again, he, declared, he called the twelve, began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And then in verse 12, so they went out and they proclaimed that all should repent or turn around. They cast out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Their mission, when Jesus sent them out, was to declare the good news of Jesus and to demonstrate that good news as well. They were declaring the good news by calling people to repent. In other words, turn away from your sin and turn toward Jesus. Follow him. He is worth following. He is worthy of you being his follower. And then he also called them to demonstrate that, right? So it's not just words. It's not just talk. It's action. It's a life lived together following Jesus. And they healed people. They anointed people. They prayed that demons and evil spirits would be cast out. And they were. People were set free when the good news was declared. So Jesus called them out of their community. He called them in community by two. And he called them into other communities who don't yet know Jesus. Okay. Now for the quiz. Do you remember the three words? What were they? Amazing. Center, community, and mission. Jesus called his disciples. We're almost there. Jesus called his disciples to be part of his Christ-centered, community-based mission movement. With Christ at the center, 
in community together on mission for their neighbors. Center, community, and mission. Now let's turn those words around. Mission, community, center. My hope and my vision for us this year is that we would lean into and more and more become a mission community center. That Christ Pacific would be on mission in community centered on Jesus Christ. You know, at the center of Christ Pacific stands Jesus Christ. That's our very first value as a church. We are Christ centered. And what if at the very center of our neighborhood in Huntington Beach, what if at the center of our neighborhood stood Christ Pacific Church? Guess what? We do. We are. We're at the center of our neighborhood. Have you ever noticed that? Look around. We're like, we're the biggest thing around. We're in the center of our neighborhood, and we are a Christ-centered, missional community. And so what would it look like if more and more Christ became the center of our whole neighborhood, of our whole city, of our whole county, of our whole nation, and ultimately of the whole world? What if Christ Pacific became a community center for the meeting of felt needs in our neighborhood in order to make Jesus Christ central in our neighbors' lives? What if? What if our missional God sent his son Jesus Christ to live at the center of our neighborhood in and through Christ Pacific Church? What if that is God's intent? And what if God's love compelled him to offer his son's life for the sake of the world? It did. He did. And what if he intends to demonstrate that same thing by giving Christ Pacific for the life of our neighbors? What if, in the same way Jesus sent his son into the world, he's sending you and me, Christ Pacific Church, into the world? What if we became a kind of community center that was missional to the core? What if this became a place where followers of Jesus like those 12 disciples plus Jesus in that baker's dozen where they were molded and nourished and shaped to become more like Jesus. Why? So that they could be sent out in community into other communities so that other communities might also know that Jesus is the hope of the world. This is what it could look like for us to be a mission community center. It's just three words. But it's a vision that would change everything. Christ-specific church. A local and global mission community center. Friends, let's invite Jesus farther into the center of our lives. So that together we might be a Christ-centered community. Making Jesus Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpc.org.